Hey, hey, everybody, it's Dr. Patrice Buckner-Jackson, but you can call me PBJ. Welcome to another episode of the Heart Work with PBJ podcast, where we are disrupting cycles of burnout so we can do the work we are called to do and live the life we desire. Y'all, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to spend this time with you all, and I have a friend to introduce you to. This is a special episode. Listen, after this episode, you will never forget her. I promise. So you just hang on to your hats. Before we do that, I need to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new ebook. I'm so excited. This week I released my new ebook. It's called The Myth of Balanced Time, The Secret for managing competing priorities. Listen, if you have a hard time juggling all of your stuff, if you got more tasks than time, if you've noticed that your relationships and your connections or even your own rest and health is struggling because of everything you got to do, you need this ebook. Make sure you go to mythabalancedtime.com. Again, go to mythabalancedtime.com. Download the ebook, y'all. And listen, I've got a coupon code just for you. If you enter five off, the number five OFF off, then you will get $5 off the cost of the ebook. So go to mythabalancedtime.com and make sure you download the ebook and let me know what you think of it, okay? All right. So I need to introduce you to my friend. I met her through Instagram, but we have our coach in common. And listen, our first conversation was supposed to be 10 minutes and we ended up talking over an hour and you are about to find out why I did not want to get off the phone with this phenomenal woman. So Suzette Randolph Viernan is an author speaker, life coach, and relationship solutionist with one resounding message, you are enough. Her motivation to empower others was first evidenced at the tender age of seven when she first taught her younger sister to play the piano. Since then, it has evolved into her own patented transformational methodology called the Music Math Approach to Dating and Relating that focuses on three critical factors of enoughness, your voice, your value, and your vision. By amplifying these factors, Suzette helps high-achieving women and a few cool men get clear about what makes them enough, thereby ending the suffering that comes from not knowing. So friends, it is my honor and my privilege and my pleasure to introduce you all to Suzette Randolph Vernand. Suzette and I decided to do a collaboration with our podcast. So you can hear one version of our conversation over on her podcast, The Enough Factor. And you can hear the second version of our conversation here right now. Here we go. Oh, 
Suzette. It is my honor to be here with you today and speak with your community. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited. Anytime I get to be in your presence, I know it's going to be a powerful time. So I've been hyped about this all week, all week long. I have too. I have been so excited. Now, the way I always like to start the podcast is by asking what I call a truth and dare question. Okay. All right. Okay. It's not like the typical truth or dare game. So that's the good news. But the bad news is you don't get a choice of which question you'll answer. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. So if you're ready, here we go. What is the truth that your burnout revealed about you and dared you to take radical action on? Mm. Sister, my burnout revealed to me that everybody in the world didn't need me. All the people that I convinced myself that I was burning that candle at all the ends because they needed me, I discovered it was more about my need to be needed. When I hit rock bottom and God set me aside for five months, people had the nerve to keep living and they were okay. The world didn't shut down then. The job didn't stop. People kept breathing. They kept going about their lives. They were okay. And I was satisfied. So I learned that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And anytime I'm carrying a weight that is too much for me, I took it on myself. It was not people needing me. It was my need to be needed. Mm. You know what? And even when I was thinking about that question to ask you, I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to put my sister out there by herself. I'm going to ask myself the same question because I've had multiple burnouts, Mm -hmm. right? And I thought about what it was that they taught me and dared me to take action on. And mine is that no matter how hard I tried or how vigilant I was in trying to perform, Mm -hmm in a way that garnered me the respect and the adulation of those around me, it couldn't give me what I so deeply longed for. And that was love. Mm. And because my performance couldn't get a man to stay interested or stay attentive, I felt like I wasn't enough. Oh my. And nothing could compensate for my incompetence when it came to relationships. And that, that for me, was the driving force behind all this work, all this people pleasing, Mm. trying to get love. That was it. And my soul ached for love. And so what, that was the truth. And, 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 and it dared me to dig deeper. Yes. To look broader, to stop looking at somebody else to validate me. Yes. But to ask myself, okay, the question is, why am I enough? Mm. That's the question that always comes up. And if I can answer that question for myself, then I won't need anybody else to do it. But as long as I kept looking at men to do it, 
I was stuck in perpetual burnout. Yes. Working yes. so hard to try to earn something that they could never give me. Yes, ma'am. And that's why I call it cycles of burnout. Because we might be okay right now, doing well, got some things in order, feeling good. But those of us who serve from the heart, those of us who are nurturers, who are givers, who are protectors, we are prone to cycles of burnout. So we get to a good place, we're holding on, everything's okay. And before we know it, we find ourselves slipping back into, you just said, performance. And it is so true. We find ourselves putting on this mask and we want to live up to work up to perform up to these standards. Who knows where these standards came from in an effort to get people to love us, to notice us, to not leave us, to stay with us, to care for us, to acknowledge us, to value us. And what we have to learn is the performance is never enough because it's not the performance that we need. People need the authentic you they need the gift that God put on the inside of you that you do without hard work that thing that you are born to do and nobody else can do it like you and when we start living in that then we can let go of the weight of the performance it is tiring isn't it tiring it It is is exhausting it's exhausting It's exhausting and it wears you out to keep up the constant performance, the work that we think it takes to be loved and accepted. And I, you know, I was thinking too, where it comes from, because we're not born this way. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Somehow or another, we got socialized or the people around us modeled it to the point that we adopted it as truth. Yes. They wrote on the tablet of what made us enough. Yes. I, I remember when I was young, and I, I, I can't remember exact the exact time, but it was when I was school age. When I was school age and before before desegregation and everybody was uh, all, all black people went to the, to the black school. Mm-hmm. My mama didn't have this conversation with me. It was only when there was desegregation And I was one of just a handful of black boys and girls that were going to a previously predominantly white school. Yeah. I want to say predominantly, it was all white. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mom saying to me, you have to work 10 times as hard to get what they have. Yes. And what she was saying was, and, 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 and actually what she actually said, if I recall, was you have to work 10 times as hard to get what they have without even having to work for it. Yes. And I think that started that hamster wheel of thinking I wasn't enough in and of myself. Yes. No matter how gifted, no matter how talented, no matter how uh, friendly, no matter what kind of person I was on the inside, it wasn't going to matter if I did not compete. Yes. And I had to compete for what they had. They came about so easily just because of the color of my skin. Yeah. 
And so that followed me. And I started realizing that when I performed well, I got A's on the school test. I got trophies mm-hmm. for the 50-yard dash. Yes. You know, so there were rewards that came when you quote unquote perform well. But th- here's the here's the rub. If you if you have any sense of purpose at all, yes, something's gonna happen in your life that's gonna call into question your performing based on their their uh, boxed ideal of how Every you should time. be. Yes. Your authenticity is going to always go, mm, 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 that don't fit. That, that I don't fit in that box. That dress is too tight. Those shoes hurt. And if all you've ever measured yourself by is how your work that you do, then it puts you in a real existential crisis. Oh, truth. Where do you go if all you've ever known, all you've ever been judged by has been what you do? And mm. how well you do it is determined yes. by that per- other person, not by you. Then you are like a performing seal. Yes. Yes. Because the target continues to move. So what's good yes. continues to change. Every time you make one marker, you get one accolade, you get one award, then it's time for the next. We're always taught to climb this ladder, to keep moving, to keep progressing, to keep pushing, to keep going for the next thing. So if, if we don't know on the inside, that thing, that target, that mark, we're pressing towards the mark, but my mark is not your mark. And it's not determined by the people around me, but it's determined by the one who created me. See, for me, this um, this chase to be known and to be loved and to be accepted comes from my childhood as well. I was on this constant chase of being loved and being acknowledged to say, I am enough mm-hmm. to, to step out of this. You're the baby of a 15 year old and to be somebody that was loved and appreciated. I did. I didn't want anybody else to step out of my life and to walk away from me. Yeah. So I did all the things. I accepted all the extra assignments at work. I took care of everybody in my life. I'm always the shoulder to cry on whatever somebody needed. I was there. I tried to be everything to everybody so that I could earn their love. Mm-hmm. I was working to earn their love. And Suzette, I was rewarded. I was rewarded. I got the corner office. I got the parking spot with my name on it. I got the staff. I got the title. And it almost killed me. Over the years, I gained over 100 pounds. I lost family relationships. I worked myself to complete exhaustion. I remember sitting at my desk one day feeling trapped, like I could not leave. Because if I opened that door, there was going to be somebody in the hallway who needed me. In that moment, I thought I was losing my mind. Hmm. The next day, this was after 20 years of work. The next day, I walked in and I resigned from my six-figure job with no notice and no other prospect for income. And for the next five months, God allowed me to sit quietly 
All I did was sit at Jesus' feet. I loved on my husband and I was still. And I recognized that that was the first time in my life that I had ever stopped. It was the first time that I ever stopped to hear my own thoughts. It was the first time I ever stopped to discover who I am and what I like and what works for me. It was the first time in my life that I wasn't focused on being something to somebody else. And it was the best five months, the best gift that I could have been ever given. Mm. Best gift I could have been given. I know that's true. It, it reminds me too of a similar situation where, and I think you and I talked about it the last time, where, and and, and, and I'm going here because you mentioned about sitting at Jesus's feet, mm-hmm. because we're both women of faith. Yes, ma'am. And even listeners, if you're not, if you don't subscribe to the same faith base, I still believe this will be very helpful to you, because what are the tenets of our faith as Christians is that Jesus died so we could be restored to right relationship with God. But my experience in organized church world, however, because I grew up in a holiness, kind of Pentecostal holiness back So did I. And even though that was the tenet of our faith, the actual living it out was we had to earn God's love for us. So here we are on that hamster wheel again, trying to perform and earn love for a God that had already created a pathway back, already figured it out. Yeah. Already decided Jesus was the way. Yes. Receive that redemptive work. He died for your sins. You don't have to deal with it. He died. You don't have to offer sacrifices no more. You don't have to, you know, have the doves and the and the and the lambs and the sacrifices. You don't even have to go to a priest no more Mm. to talk to me for you. Yeah. He has cleared the way. I have I have absolved you of your guilt. We are back in right standing. We good. Yes. You don't owe me nothing else. But but, but we can't receive that. It's too easy. Mm. And we've taken it upon ourselves based on our culture, based on our past, I think with suppression, slavery, being oppressed people. And I think we have in many ways perverted the very tenant that we claim we serve. Because how in the world can we ever be good enough? How can we ever earn grace? How can we ever do it? But yet, you and I know it. The biggest recovery for me was trying to earn God's love for me. Come on. Come by, on. Tr- by trying to live up to something I kept failing at terribly. 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 I kept failing. I kept failing. And because I kept failing, 
I felt like I wasn't worthy enough. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I had to always come in and well, God, I know what you your word says, and I know I'm I'm a, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm terrible, and and I'm, I'm know I'm this and I'm that, and 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 I had to come to the altar almost every Sunday, have hands laid on me almost every Sunday. I had to 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 pray and 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 plead and 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 beg and beg. Every Sunday, I was told how terrible I was, how awful I was, how I didn't deserve God's grace, how I didn't deserve his mercy, and I cry out on the altar, please forgive me, such a wretched person. I know I did this wrong, and I know I did that wrong, and, and if you just purge me, if you just help me, if you just, oh, just get this devil off my back, if you just please, and I spent so much of my life missing out. Mm. on the love God had for me mm. because I was trying so hard to earn it. It's like I was trying to earn it in, the, in, the, in my job, but here I am trying to earn that God didn't make a mistake on me. And so when you said sitting at his feet, because there's so many people for the cause of Christ and we call it ministry but I wonder I wonder how much of it is us trying to earn something we've already been given freely 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 given freely given you just said something that triggered something for me you said trying to prove that God didn't make a mistake and that's what my struggle was. I was trying to prove that I was not a mistake. I was not a mess up. I was not a mistake, but I have value and I have purpose and I have work to do here. And one of the things I learned in those five months of sitting is there's already been a savior and he did a perfect job. I am not the savior. I am not the rescue person. I am not the person that comes and just takes you out of your trouble and makes it all okay. There is assignment on my life. I am used by God before his glory. Yeah. I do the part that he has assigned my hands to do and I leave the rest to him. What freedom. What freedom. what freedom when we recognize that we are enough just because we exist. That's it. Just because you breathe. Just because you're here. Because when we think about, look at all it took to get us here. <laughs> look at all it took. I mean, everybody who is here, look at what it took. Biology of it. Yes. And then even after that, mm -hmm. despite our parents' maturity, immaturity, circumstances, traumas, life mm -mm -mm. for nine months God watched over his word we are all his word made flesh he watched over his word not what our parents wanted because in many of our cases we were oopses come on in some circumstances it might not have been what that person wanted. But we are the result of what God wants. And if we truly believe he doesn't make a mistake and we were his aunt to what the world needed, then how dare us not think we're enough? Oh my goodness. We're his answer. We're his answer. We are his answer. And that gives us the security and the power 
to exist in this world in the way that he called us to exist Mm -hmm. and to make the impact that we are called to make because we are his answer. We're his answer. Yes. And someone Mm -hmm. needs to know that because the reason we're on the hamster wheel is because we don't believe we're enough. Mm-hmm. But when you realize that even with all your flaws, even with your frailties, even with your predilections, even with your predispositions, even with all the things that you've been told were wrong about you. Come on. He's never regretted loving you. And, I, and when I hear people saying, well, I know I disappointed God. I'm like, no, baby. How can you disappoint a God that already knew who you were? Before you took your first breath. Before you were even formed. How can you disappoint a God that put those gifts and and abilities in you and gave you an assignment before you even lived your way to the understanding of it? And knew the mistakes you were going to make. Come on. Knew how growing up the way you grew up was going to, knew how that pain was going to be processed in your life. Knew what you were going to be vulnerable to. Mm Mm-hmm. Knew all of that and still didn't take the gift back, didn't take the talent back, didn't take your purpose back. Come on. Didn't do it. Didn't do it and won't do it. And won't do it. Won't do it. He won't do it. He won't do it. And it's time for all of us to start living in freedom and be who we were called to be. The world is waiting for us to show up as us. For us to show up in all of our gift and all of our power. And there's so much freedom. I'm learning. I'm learning, sister. I'm learning how to live in grace and ease. I'm learning. I've got a sticky note on my computer right now. It says do less Mm. because I'm a performer and I tend to busy. My natural mode is to be in busy, in modes of busy, because I'm used to performance. But I find that busy leads to burnout, but productivity leads to purpose. So I have to continually renew my mind so that I can escape the traps of busy and focus on productivity. If it's not producing purpose, I don't want nothing to do with it. If there is not a purpose outcome for me, for it, it does not have room in my life. So I am, I am separating myself from that busy, the, the traps of busy, and I'm refocusing on what is purpose. I'm producing purpose, producing purpose. And it has been the hardest lesson for me to learn. Producing purpose means me doing less. Mm. So, okay. Okay. Because high achieving women listening. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what steps or how how do we know when we're about to go back into that cycle yes. that leads to burnout? Yes. How yes. do how do we course correct before we keep this perpetual yes. cycle of burnout going? So I'm glad you asked that question because one of the biggest struggles we have is even recognizing we'd fail to recognize that we're headed towards burnout. Mm-hmm. We continue. Oh, I got it. I can handle it. I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. When really internally we're not. So yes, we've got to recognize when we're headed into the cycle. And the way that I encourage people to do that is all of us have a tail, 
Let me tell you what I mean by a tell. All of us have a sign or a symptom that comes up in our body. Our body tells us, our spirit tells us, but the challenge is we're so stuck and busy that we're not listening. So let me give you an example. I have three tails I, and I know myself when these three things come up, I need to stop. So the first thing that happens for me is I get really emotional. It's easy for me to cry. And I'm an emotional person anyway. I will cry with you. You hear me? I don't mind. I don't mind crying with you. But I notice, I know that when I'm starting to get overwhelmed, because before you go to burnout, you're in a stage of overwhelm. And when overwhelm starts to rise, I get super emotional. It doesn't take much to get tears welling up in my eyes. So that's tell number one. Tell number two is my space. So you and I have a coach in common, Patrice Cunningham, Washington from Redefining Wealth. She is phenomenal. And one of her pillars is the space pillar. Yeah. And I notice when overwhelm is starting to take over, I get little stacks everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, and, and my normal, I like clean. I like crisp. I like clear space, but when overwhelm is starting to rise up, I just get all these little stacks around me and my space starts to starts to fill up that's my tell number two my tell number three is I always have a song I always have a song I have a song that I might hold on to for a month or sometimes it's a couple of songs that replay because I'm a worshiper I always have a song I wake up in the morning with a song and when I don't have my song I know I need to stop. When I recognize, wait a minute, I haven't had a song for a couple of days or there's no song playing in my spirit right now. That's my sign. Okay, PBJ, have a seat. Mm. Patrice, sit down. You need to pause. You need to stop. So what is your tell? What is your symptom? What is your personal sign? Nobody else might know about it. But every single one of us, our spirit and our body will tell us when overwhelm is starting to take over. Mm. You are right, because that's one of my tales, too. Mm. I can always tell by the way my house is. Come on. If I'm overwhelmed, then the clothes are over there. And it's even you got a cup here. You got the cup here, the salsa there. You're eating while you're working. So that Mm. means your area is getting cluttered. Yes. It's getting cluttered. And I can always, I can always tell because I'll start um, my, my path. One of the things that I'll do, I'll get so absorbed in chasing that. um, If I just do this one thing, I'll be done. Come on. It's like, check it, check. It's like, you, you see that one mistake, especially like if I'm doing a website or something like that, I'll see, I'll look back at it. It's like, okay, it's about time for me to go to bed. Let me just take one quick look before I get ready to go. I look and I see a mistake and I say, okay, I'm just going to correct this one mistake. Then I'm going to bed. I say, honey, the, I, I, no, I'm not going to be up late tonight. I'll be coming. I'll, don't don't worry about. It. I'm coming. Click 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 click. Uh-huh. Okay, I correct that mistake. I look back at it. Okay, let me give one more quick look. Then I'm going to bed. Look again. 
there's another mistake. Mm. Man, why didn't I see that? Okay, I'm just going to do this one thing. It ain't going to take about five minutes because it's not a big thing. So you start doing it, start doing it. And then you, okay. And then I'm like, okay, let me read this content that I corrected. It should be all right. You read it. Mm, that might be a little misleading. Maybe I need to put that word in. By the time I get through chasing Come on. that one mistake, that keeps coming up, it's two in the morning, Yes. three in the morning, or I've skipped a meal, or I've, you know, it's like, where it, whenever that happens, I'm chasing that, just this one thing, let me just do this one thing, and then I'm done. Yeah. And, it's, and it, it, it always draws me in, and by the time it's over, I've, I've lost integrity. Come on with that part of me, right? And the more times you lose integrity with yourself, mm -hmm. the easier it is to slip into that cycle Every of time. burnout, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And, and that's, for me, I have to be very careful and say, Suzette, tomorrow's another day. The best thing for you to do is write down, tomorrow I will correct this right here, right here. Shut yes. it down and go to bed. Cause yes. I think I'll, it's only gonna take a minute. Girl, that one minute turns into hours. Hours. And next thing you know, what you were intending to do or what time you were intending to go to bed, now it's three in the morning or all night. The next day, you're tired, you're fatigued, you're not at your best, mm. and that you're already compromised. Compromised. And, and for me, when I feel... When I feel compromised, that leads to the dark side. You're right. You're right on it. When I feel compromised, I don't have the wherewithal to resist the busyness, to resist that vortex that draws me in to, to, to anxious working. Yes. Yes. Anxiety. That's it. It, after a while, it ceases to be fun. Now it's the anxiety of wanting to get it done now. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm ready to get it done. I'm ready to get it off my plate. Mm -hmm. And that always... You're well on me. your way. I'm You're on well on way. your way to burnout. You're well burnout. on your way to burnout. And if you notice, if you notice, every time we hit burnout, the first things that it costs us are the things that mean the most to us. Those are the first things to go. So I always tell people, what are your values? Because it starts with your values before you can figure out how to disrupt burnout, how to break the cycle. You got to recognize what's important to you, what matters to you. And I have noticed in my life that when I hit cycles of burnout, that anxious working like you're talking about, that toiling, that striving, the first things I start to lose are things that are healthy. So health, sleep, eating, exercising, sunlight, First, first thing is health. The next thing is relationships. So my marriage, my husband doesn't see me or if he sees me, I'm always on for, in front of the computer. No time to engage. No time to have a conversation because I'm constantly, constantly working. And for me, another value is faith. So when I get into that anxious working and when I get into a cycle of burnout, my prayer life is raggedy. I'm not reading like I should. I'm not meditating and spending that quiet time. Burnout will always cost you what matters most to you. 
Mm-hmm. It will always cost you what matters most to you. So that's why we have to one, recognize what those values are. What is important to you? What are your non-negotiables? What are those things that you're not willing to compromise? You're not willing to spend and you're not willing to lose. And after you have identified what those values are, then you can structure your time, your talent, and your boundaries around those values. And Make sure that you have a sure line. I always say that your values are like the cities of an, or, or the walls of an ancient city. You know, you didn't just roll up to an ancient city and say, hey, I came to see how y'all doing. You didn't just come with your bags packed saying, I just came to see my cousin. You're not coming up in here like that. When you went to visit an ancient city, there was a stone wall several feet high and there was always a watchman on that wall and you were not getting in unless you went through the watchman and the watchman gave you access or you took over the city or the the watchman gave you access to the city our values are the same way that's where our boundaries come from you can't make a boundary until you know what's important to you yes and if you don't know that you are important come on Because we think the work is more important than the worker. We think the human doing is more important than the human being. But the human being is the person behind that black curtain. Like in the Wizard of Oz, where the wizard is back there manipulating the the, the knobs. The wizard is the brilliance behind the bobblehead. Oh, that's so good. Right? And so, but we think just like he did, he thought he wasn't enough. So he had to create a persona that he felt like people would respect. Right. But he was the brilliance even behind the persona. Yes. Right? And, and, And we forget that we're the brilliance behind our doing. There is no purpose if we don't take care of us. Come on. We can't fulfill even ministry purpose. We can't fulfill good work. We can't show up for anybody else if we discount that we're the brilliance behind it. That's it. How There's no marriage if we're not in it. That's right. There is no employee, us, in, in that job if we don't show up. Come on. But yet we've been socialized to think that we're not as important as what we do, but we can't, but there is no doing none. without us. There none. none. And so we have to, when you talk about, you know, what's priority, we have to be the priority. Yes. Because if we don't respect ourselves, then we don't respect the work. That's right. So can we talk about guilt for a minute? Let's talk about guilt. We need to talk about guilt because we need to talk about mom guilt. Yes. Talk about female leader guilt and not just for women. Men experience the same thing, but we really need to talk about guilt because we feel so much guilt for taking care of ourselves. At some point we were taught that it's selfish to, to prioritize me. But really, in order to be productive and be everything we need to be to everybody, we need to learn how to choose the priority of the moment. 
And it is not selfish to choose a priority of the moment. It's not selfish to put your oxygen mask on first. How are you going to help somebody else when you can't breathe? It's wisdom. It is wisdom. It sustains you to restore your energy. If you're constantly giving, 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 just like your bank account, you keep spending and don't put anything in, you're going to get some insufficient funds. Mm -hmm. At some point, you will have to stop. And that's what burnout does. It's a demand for you to stop. You can choose to stop or your body will demand for you to stop. So you choose which avenue you want, but guilt is unproductive. You have permission to take care of yourself, not just permission, but you are encouraged to take care of yourself. It is wisdom. We're doing this for the long haul. Yeah. And in order to keep serving in the way that we serve, we have to restore our bodies, restore our minds, restore our spirits so that we can continue to give to those we love and those we serve. Dr. PBJ is in the house. It's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. Oh, my God. So listeners. Oh, my goodness. Listeners. Oh my God, that whole thing that Dr. Patrice has said about what your tale is. If there was some homework to be given, mm, is to figure out what your tale is. Yes, ma'am. Become aware, become aware of it and tell yourself the truth about it. Come because on. God knows whether you believe it or not, your life <laughs> is evidence, right? Yes. Yes. Your life is evidence. And so that's my, that's my takeaway. But what is the one that you want to leave? Dr. Patrick, I love what, that. What, what is it that you want people to walk away? I, I love that. Finding out what your tale is. Recognizing what you need. So as you identify your tale, your symptoms, your signs, that overwhelm is starting to take over. Write down also, what do I need? And I want you to be very self-focused here. I want you to lay aside every other role that you have and every other hat that you wear. Lay it down just for a moment, just for a moment. Because so often we expect others to advocate for us. We expect somebody else to show up for us. We expect them to see that we're struggling, to see that we are hurting. I want to empower you to know what you need so that you can articulate it to those who need to hear it. So identify your tale and write down what you need in order to be successful in carrying out the work that's in your hands. Whether that's a little bit more help at home, or if you need a tool or a system to help you at work, or if you need to delegate a little bit more, if you need to tell the truth to yourself or get somebody to support you like a counselor, whatever you need, identify that and then be courageous enough to step out there and go get it. We want you to win we want you to serve well, and we want you to know that you are enough. So you got to take care of yourself. Let's start taking care of ourselves. Let's start, let's start taking care of ourselves. This has been amazing. I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you too. I have been so impacted by this. I mean, it's like I, I have chills actually. 
And I don't, that doesn't happen often. Mm. But I really have chills about how important it is. I'm like, I'm going to get my journal out. Come on. And do one of those things where you, you do a CSI investigation. Come on. Go back and let's chase this thing of how those subtle things, those things that we tell ourselves to justify continuing to go in that same path because there's something we tell ourselves before we start getting there. My thing was, I'm almost there. Just let me just finish this one thing. This one thing. Come on. And go back to see. And also, what is it that I believe about myself that started this cycle back up again? Is something I believe about me that greases that wheel that needs to be changed. It needs to be, it needs me to go down deep enough to God's definition. What about his definition am I not adopting that's causing me to try to come up with one different? What am I not receiving? I know I'm praying, I know I'm talking to him, but when he talks back, do I have regard for what he says about me? Do I have regard for the assignment that he's given me? Do I have regard for the gifts and the talents and the purpose that he's assigned to me? Do I have enough regard for it to say, whoa, no, I'm not going this way. No, I'm not falling for that. No, I will get a good night's sleep because of this. No, I I, I will put my self-care first. Oh, no, I, I will make sure I have three nutritious meals. Oh no, I will make sure I spend quality time with my husband. Oh no, I will make sure that my space is uncluttered. Oh no, I will put people pleasing to the side Mm. and only invest in those relationships that nurture what I believe and what God has said to me. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to pull me away from it, I have to love you at a distance, but you can't be up close. You Come can't on. suck out my time. I can't let you waste my time. So it's causing me to take a step back and even dig a little, even more deeply into my own will. So I thank you so much. I thank you. I thank you so much. And listeners, in case nobody has told you, I want you to know that you are worthy. That's why we're saying all the things we're saying, because you are worthy, because you are worth it, because you are more than enough. Oh, friends. Now, please don't ever say I didn't tell you. I told you that after meeting Coach Suzette Viernan of Enough Factor Podcast that you would never forget her. And I believe I made good on my promise. So we hope that after this conversation to today, you believe and you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are enough, not because of your performance, but because you exist. Now you go out and you be enough. You do your thing. As always, friends, you are powerful. You are significant and you are loved. Love always, PBJ.